all the time Since like last December I was always on your mind And you still think of me And a bad new mind But it's not that likely stuff right i did a lot yeah so if there's anything you know you don't like if you misspeak or you like want to retract a statement um recall you know any kind of like drop the n-word yeah i mean you can do it on this, this show. <laughs> anyway my point is some people are like ready to go some people are kind of just like ramping up still but mac i feel like you're kind of born born ready i don't know this is not your first time in front of a mic is what i'm saying no it's not i've uh i've yeah, I've been down this road before. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It's way different, like, trying to host a show, though, I'm realizing. Because we've been doing that with uh, me and Monty. And it's a much... I can get on a mic and say something insane, no problem. I, mm-hmm. I can fill a few minutes with stories or whatever. But trying to direct traffic when I'm also trying to be interesting is a fucking nightmare. Okay, it's funny. I was So you're the second Canadian, first of all, I talked to this week. I talked to uh, Geotitties this week. It was really cool. Ooh. I was telling her this. It's like really hard because I want to stay like in the moment, right? Like I'm having a conversation. I want to be like there and not be thinking a lot. But then also like I do need to like, think of questions and like keep it interesting. It's not just like a conversation conversation. Like it is, but there is this like other element where you like kind of are thinking about it being uh, entertaining and listening to my other people who are not here. So yeah, and I, something I didn't think about either. I was like, whatever, I'll just like, whatever, talk, but no. So I've had to like kind of uh, basically detach from that and be like, whatever, I just have to like let go of that and just hope that my mind uh, remembers them. But I do write things down. I find that to be helpful, mm-hmm. a few notes. Yeah. How many episodes are you into this show? This, okay, so I'm going to put up the Fitz one. It's 44th officially but i did a few of those like special series my little uh my little aid series on the mm-hmm. side so like about like i think you're probably like 40 something there i don't really talk about this a lot there's there's an episode missing episode 19 we won't get into it but there is an episode uh not in the feed so technically the numbering could be a little bit off but you know whatever it doesn't it doesn't really matter because uh it's it's a it's a pretty substantial number but i don't know uh how are things going with like uh the show i'm excited to record with you guys this week yeah, I'm excited too. It's a lot of fun because this is the, like I had the idea for the show because this is just how I make friends is I just get somebody to talk to me for an hour. So I thought it would be and I also thought it would be cool to give Basil the opportunity to speak about anything besides trans people. So. <laughs> we, we, he's he's multifaceted. It's good for you because I think when people bring him on to shows a lot, that's what the, uh, the focus is. Although I'm surprised he's not there talking about race play more, to be honest. I feel like that is like, I mean, that is everywhere he really nailed that one it's mm-hmm. great we got uh, plenty of that too but just to be like hey come on and talk about Nicki minaj for an hour i feel like i feel like in that moment he was gay again and not just as hot mind. <laughs> that's hilarious like, mm-hmm. i really have a hard time i don't like calling people by their government names even when i learn no them. I, me either or it's better just to like disassociate not know it like i don't want to be like if i'm water tortured i don't i don't want to be able to say it you know like mm-hmm. i just get it out of my mind but um yeah Hazel we, told me his but it was some afghan name i immediately forgot so, it. yeah uh, cassandra told me her like name really early on i like purposely i was like i don't want to know but then over time it's like okay it's a it's a little different you know you have to kind of like feel it out or whatever mm-hmm. um it's kind of interesting because there's i don't know there's all these i don't know there's always like you know considerations it's hard to navigate let's actually we should talk about that we uh 
not I'm very curious about you because I feel like you kind of straddle uh lines of pseudo anonymity, a little face vaggery from time to time, whatever. We'll we'll get into it. But I want to run through this really quick. Okay, Mac, this is what we should do tonight. I gave you the outline and we can just go wherever you know how I am. Like it doesn't have to stay on any type of track. But I do want to get to this trip piece because I have some questions. I have a suspicion that you can benefit from my help. I'm serious. And I think and I want to tell you about my trip story because I did do it twice in a week. I did mushrooms twice in a week. I thought that was crazy. Three times in like two weeks is is insane. So we'll get to Well, it was all in one week. Even yeah, even worse. Really. Back, that's even worse. Uh, it was okay. like Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, I think. <laughs> okay. We're good. We'll get there. Calm down, boys. Calm down. Uh but yeah, I have some uh, you know, old practices, some strategies we can put to use, like improvisation is the name of the game, you know. Wait, do you do jazz at all? Wait, uh, before I actually really even introduce you, do you do jazz music? Or what I know you do a lot of like covers and like folk music and I mean, a folk is really the right word, but you know, like a heartfelt guitar music, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'd say. But like, do you, like, what's your, what's your style when it comes to like creating new music? Do you improvise? Do you like have it in your head first? Uh, yeah, normally, uh, it, I mean, a lot of my songs are about driving because I write in my head while I'm driving a lot. Like I'll just be listening to a podcast and then my brain will just like think of a phrase or a melody or something like that. Like, um, I, it definitely depends on what I'm doing, but I think the songs that are good are when I'm not thinking about anything and then I just think of a sentence that hurts my feelings and could possibly rhyme with another sentence. And so <laughs> that's uh, that's the process. I like that. I like that there's songs about driving your cars because um i don't know if, i don't know if you're familiar with an artist named carly ray jepson but she is canadian she and is. I, there's a whole thing like the jepson effect somebody wrote this insane essay where they went and they like a- identified all these common themes like in carly ray jepson's lyrics and basically made the case that she's you know like writing the same song over and over it's kind of like this like magnum opus or meta narrative uh and her cars like she's constantly in cars uh, there's a lot of references to it which sure whatever this author made a good compelling case but i remember i read that and then like the next week uh charlie xcx dropped this song with charlie with uh, carly ray jepson and it was called backseat and i was like god damn it it's it came true um i know there was no real point to that do you like carly ray jepson um i like i liked those two songs that were very popular the call me maybe and the one with the saxophone in it that was on Vine. Run away with me. Was that a hit there? Oh yeah. That was that's the other song by her that I know. I don't know the rest of them. Yeah, she's actually a surprisingly talented artist. As you know, it's 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 gay ass music, right? It's pretty uh bubbly, but it's well done pop music. I think I think there's some that you would vibe with for sure, because it's uh I don't know she has a real like I don't know she has a real knack for just a hook. She knows her way around uh she knows her way around the bones, you know, of a song and the architecture. But it is weird. It's just she's not really that much more famous, I guess, probably in Canada than than here because she's kind of like a one hit wonder here. Oh yeah, the, she's she's definitely had more staying power than that. I'm just I don't listen to that kind of music often. And if if I have the radio on in my car, it's the easy easy listening station. It's Seaside FM. So I'm just listening to like old people music all the time wait is that like soft rock is it kind of like uh like let me guess let me just name some things is there like hall notes for example are, yeah are totally um do you get some what kind of flavor do you get do you get any like tony braxton do you get any like uh uh quiet storm in there too is it sticking mostly to the the white rock uh, i'm gonna say peter satara 
some Peter Cetera maybe in there. I, well, I might know that. Peter Cetera to hear him, but I I wouldn't know anything right off the bat. We get some Everywhere. Unbreak My Heart for sure. Um, some like yacht rock sort of flavor. We'll get like Steely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dan, but then also like in the on Sundays, it's all like regional folk music. I would love that. I do have a soft spot for. Have they ever played you on the station? No. Yeah, no, see. I'm uh, I'm anonymous in real life. Also, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I used to play shows when I was younger and stuff like that. But now that I'm 31, I can't. Uh, I can't. Well, I can't get behind that lifestyle anymore. We've got a lot to get to the bottom of because that's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. No, we're gonna. We'll fix you. Don't worry. Okay, I should pause here. I need to introduce my guest before <laughs> before we go completely off the deep end. I have a guest this evening that I'm really excited to talk to that really has been, you've been on my shortlist for a long time. And it's weird the way this works because you start to be like, I want to talk to these people and it quickly becomes overwhelming. But I've learned that, you know, the people come together when it's meant to be. And I feel like this, in, in fact, feels very much meant to be. Um, you know this guy. He is, he's a sweetheart, right? He's a, he is the guy. He is the dude. He is the man. He's somebody who will cheer you up with like a, a little song who will make you feel like better about yourself through some kind of wacky story of misfortune, often involving maybe heartbreak or just regular old comedy, you know, just regular old good fashioned comedy. He's just, he's a good time, old fashioned guy. And that's all I can really say about, and one more thing, actually, he's a comrade and not the gay fucking communist bullshit comrade. I hate that shit so much. We're taking that word back because it's a great word and they don't fucking deserve it. He is there for you. He's just brings a brightness to my day. And I know I go over the top on these intros, but that's the point because I am so beyond excited to have uh, my friend, my poster in arms. I don't know if that's a term. Welcome to here comes the backlash. Big Mac McCarthy. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm going to cry. Please, I hope you do. Be, oh my gosh, if you're the first guest to cry and it's the intro, that would be the most Mac thing ever. I love it. Um, or also, as I refer to you now, uh, Mac, 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 that Mac, as I told Anna AK, who I can't say her last name, so I just mm -hmm. I just say that. <laughs> Mac, welcome. It's really, is, it's super awesome to have you here because I feel like, I would say probably like, like many things through Rare Candy is probably where I first maybe gleaned your presence in my personal timeline, but it feels like ages ago that I would, uh, I would just say like, we've been, we've been angels for a while at least in whatever time we consider online which is truly ages i feel like eternities right uh but yeah i'm just really happy to talk to you uh how are things going what's going on in your your world right now uh things are pretty good uh i've talked at length about being in community college for the last few months i uh so that's been taking up most of my time uh we're coming up to finals week next week um so I'm just preparing nice. for that and trying not to lose my mind. And then I also, I have a, an album coming out at the same time. So I get to do two things. Nice. Let's hit both of those so maybe in that order. Because you have been in your community college arc. I loved it. I don't know. First of all, like, is this your first time in college? Were you in college before? Uh, what, what's the background there as much as you, you, you'd like to share there? Sure, just... yeah. Um, this is my first time in college. I... I did not go after high school and I basically just like worked shitty jobs for the last 10 or so years. I just worked at an office and had a silly laptop job um, doing like project management stuff. Uh, and then they laid me off uh, in March. So I spent, I spent all summer unemployed. And then I was like, I need to find something to do besides starve to death for my next, you know, however many years. So I figured student loan 
and um, construction stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you're in Canada, so you do have that made option, I guess, always. It's there on the table, I'm sure. But, like, I'm glad they laid you off that job, honestly. You're better than a project management. Fuck that world. Like, fuck that world. Like, where you at? Like, up, in a, up in a sauna, doing some Gantt charts. Like, fuck all that shit, though. You're better than that, Mac, first of all. Community college is a step up for project management. It may not pay the same, but it's a step up. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> well, I mean, student loan isn't so bad. I feel like I have to, it's cool to not have to work, although school is hard. But um, yeah, I'm still going to like try and do project management stuff. It'll just be outside for buildings instead of just Indian guys on the phone. So I think uh, it'll be, it'll be, it's also nice, I think, to see, something actually done when you finished a project mm. whereas my old job was just kind of like making someone else money at least this time when i make somebody money there will be a building there and i'll be able to think about how i helped it's so true it's a thankless job it's a lot of nagging it's it's a woman's job honestly mac like i i get that it was invented by men like women weren't allowed to work but it, i don't know i just i i don't want to trash it you seem like you still maybe have a soft spot for it but like uh i'm, I'm familiar with that world and i would say like i th there's no unknowable profession right there's all kinds of work there's all kinds of things it's what you bring to it but like i don't know you do get a lot of like managing other people's time and money and like you see <laughs> you see a lot of how much other people make and a lot of these you're now you're on this the contractor line and you get to get those like fixed fees and those hourly uh bill rates that is something you can fucking take to the bank you know <laughs> yeah i think that having a job that isn't just bothering other people to do more work is going to be it's going to make me feel a lot less like painting the walls with my brains at the end of every week so that's going to be a <laughs> big step up I think it's good that you're learning the construction and how to work with your hands. I don't, my prediction is that your path will be creative. I don't think that you'll uh, be stuck. I don't not, I want to say stuck. I don't think you'll be on that path. You, you'll have that skill that you always be able to have, which is a good thing to, to have. Something tells me back that you will not be doing that in the near future. I don't know why. Just a hunch, I guess. Uh, it's an intuition, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe especially after we uh, maybe do some of our um, shamanic work this evening, I think mm -hmm. you might be up the track. The track, but you know, earlier you made that comment like, "Oh, I, I uh, I'm too old." You're you're never too old, first of all, to do anything. Like, I get not wanting to go like on a tour or something, but you can absolutely put yourself out there as an artist at any age. Like, forget that shit. Like, get that out of your head. It's crazy, and especially oh, yeah, yeah. Just lie, just lie. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Well, you don't need to. You don't need to. Sure. And when I said that I'm too old, it wasn't to it wasn't to make music. I think it was specifically to tour in hardcore punk bands. That's that's a lifestyle. And also those guys are annoying to me now. When yeah. I was in my 20s, I thought that it was kind of cool to wear a denim vest and piss on the ground or whatever. Uh, and now I'm firmly a toilet guy. I'm a big fan of peeing inside and um, just wearing regular clothes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the punk people, I don't know how punk you were, but they were always kind of annoying. Like I was in some of those worlds, but like they've gotten so fucking bad now. It's really, it's really embarrassing how predictable it is. If you're like a guy, forget your age, not my age or even older, like a Gen Xer or, or even older, like these people are so predictably like uh, cucked. <laughs> like with the masks, the vax, they're max vaxxed and like ready to trans max. I don't know. Like that's what I would uh, describe, <laughs> describe them as. <laughs> yeah i've uh i've definitely fallen out of grace with that, with that scene i think as i've gotten older and more normal then because uh, i was always like a lefty guy growing up and everything but mm -hmm. once i uh, started like i guess with all the COVID stuff when that happened i just kind of realized that 
that wasn't for me. I mean, when all that stuff happened, then I was still a left wing guy who was uh, surprised that everybody loved the government all of a sudden. I thought I was just like, mm. I thought that we didn't trust the government. What are we all doing? I thought it was bad that there are cops everywhere that don't want us to leave our houses. And then um, that logical train of thought kind of led me out of those friend groups. So that's interesting. Um, I'm glad you were. It, it didn't work on you kind of in a way, I guess. But it, it's so weird because that was the thing that really got me was how many people were so committed to a lot of things, supposedly, you know, like, uh, you know, being anti-authority, hating big pharma, et cetera, et cetera, personal uh, agency over your body. Interesting concepts that seemed uh, deeply heartfelt, but maybe somehow were just like easy to sacrifice. I still, I don't know, I still know there was a lot of propaganda. There's certain aspects that I can understand, but there's a lot that I can't. There's a lot that does not make sense to me. Uh, what do, you, do you have any like theory of that or like what you observed? I don't know, like it must've been hard for you too, right? Cause it's like you're enmeshed with these people and you think they are your comrades. And it turns out maybe you don't share these like values or whatever you know it was definitely enlightening in a way that i didn't appreciate um because i think i was even when i was a left-wing guy i kind of got in trouble for stuff for being like too i don't know i was i would say i was very serious and i didn't do the whole like i didn't think it was cool to throw a brick at a starbucks or whatever because i was like what's that for you're gonna get a fine that's awesome um so I was already at odds with a lot of my friends because I didn't, I I wasn't a be gay, do crimes guy. Uh, and that got me in some, some hot water with some of those folks, but uh, I say folks with an X. Um, but then as I continued to kind of apply the principles that I had, it became more and more clear that they were much different than, uh, than my peers. Yeah, there were, there were some falling outs, but I think that it's, it's cooler to be normal than to be, you know, to have a dog with a little bandana on it that's never eaten. I think you're right. I think it's cool to be yourself, right? Like, it's just like, if you're odd, you're odd. If you're normal, you're normal. Most people are both, right? Most people are pretty normal and boring and also really interesting and cool. It's kind of my experience, I guess. I want to ask you actually to pivot to your music a little bit. Like, uh, you're a musician. Oh, the artist's name is Heavy Body. Is it hard to be, I don't know, daunting? I don't know. I don't know how to even phrase it, but like, do you feel like a uh, odd man out or almost like automatically like pariah status or something, you know, like, because the music industry is so, for whatever reason, committed to these things that were antithetical to their uh, industry for the millionth time. There's a real like vibe there, right? That it's going to be, you're going to be pro this, pro that, and against this, this, and that. Like, how does that work in your outlook? I mean, there's a reason that I have the separate Twitter account or whatever, because I, I mean, I don't think that I say anything crazy on on twitter ever but um i talked to basil about this on his show but uh you know even talking to someone like basil would be like a right like that would be dangerous to do if i wanted to maintain a social circle that includes like trans people or leftists or whatever and even though i love basil um there's uh i i keep that stuff separate because i am actively not saying anything. I don't want to participate in any of that stuff. Um, and I think that I like when artists or like musicians do that when they just don't bother to weigh in. Um, but even then, like, I remember the musician, Alex G, he was, uh, there was a lot of like speculation that he was really a right wing guy because he, you know, wasn't pledging money to the trans youth Black Lives Matter coalition or whatever. 
Um, or like there was just a YouTuber who got in trouble because he owns a gun and likes God and he had to like go on record saying that he wasn't conservative. It was just, it's all, it all seems very silly and very, uh, very antisocial to me. So I, I deliberately don't participate in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, yeah, going on Basil's show can be dangerous if you want to be in uh, just this right wing or left post left sphere itself, right? It's like there's certain uh, there's a whole politics to that in itself. Uh, yeah, actually, unfortunately, I'm in that uh, same toxic zone now. So just associating with me, unfortunately, can be very harmful to your career. We can bleep out your artist name if we need to. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it must be hard. But then this flip side, though, I will say, is your your music to me is like it's white guy rock. I don't know if that's a fair or not but it's like it's a very it's you right you're not trying to be anything you're not you're following your passion and it is like a guy and his guitar in a, in a, in a sense right it's like uh very much coming from you and i feel like that's a format or a genre or like a, a you know an aesthetic maybe that lends itself to rugged individualism and like i'm thinking of like what's that guy morgan morgan wall morgan what's his name who's the one that said the n-word the country singer morgan wallen yeah yeah like i mean he had a huge album it's the only thing that like i sold i'm gonna use sold in air quotes it sold lots of uh copies like he's kind of um written he's like an early i think prototype i think we're gonna see a lot more of these in the next like year but like road the backlash right he like went and did it do you ever think about that i guess like is there maybe an advantage to like being yourself uh, well, I'm definitely myself. I'm still <laughs> in this context. I'm... I think politically, I guess we're just like uh, not not hiding anything from yourself. I guess is maybe a better way to say it. Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm just like I'm not a particularly political guy. Like I have my opinions about stuff, but it's my nightmare when somebody asks me what my take on anything is. Mm -hmm. And I've that's if I've gotten in trouble before, like in real life social situation, that's how it's happened. Is that someone's been like. Hey, what what do you think about this? And I'm honest and I don't care to pull punches or anything like that. But I actually I I covered a Morgan Wallen song earlier in, in the year and uh, I was briefly afraid to post it because I was um afraid of the association with a guy who got caught saying the N-word. And a lot of the people that follow me on that Twitter account are like liberals or whatever. That's fine. I ended up not caring and I thought it was really funny to post actually but um it's still something that you know gives me pause it's something that I consider at least even though in my like in my active brain in my active thoughts I think that it's a ridiculous premise in the first place yeah it is ridiculous it makes me kind of really mad just thinking about it because it's like <laughs> you're just a you're just a person with opinions right like your focus is not that right you're not trying to be a political actor but because of these let me call them psycho uh, degenerate pinko commie scum they Fair. have to make which is all and then it's all this like politics of feelings right so nothing can be nothing can escape that in order for them to like you you have to politically agree because their politics are based on who they like and what you know it's all very like emotional and like um uh, juvenile really uh you know frankly and it makes me mad because it's like we used to have a nice society where like people you didn't like you didn't know anyone's like thoughts especially like a lot of artists like that was just kind of like it was okay like it was okay to not donate to some cause it was nobody was making a list and checking it twice all these people do now is make lists and check it five million times it's mm -hmm. so frustrating to me i think what really bothers me is the duplicity of like saying that you have to be left-leaning or whatever you have to like be on a soapbox and fight for a cause if you're a musician but people use that to platform themselves more than any cause that uh that they're actually championing so 
mm-hmm. it's it's just marketing. Whenever somebody, you know, if somebody makes a, I don't know, pray for Paris type post for whatever the current thing is, mm-hmm. then that's that's just as much to market their new record that's coming out than it is to say, you know, I hope these people are okay. And I just don't, I don't vibe with that sort of thing. That's not, uh, that's not me. So yeah, I find that's that actually very a great annoying. point. Yeah, that's a really great point that I haven't actually thought of that much and don't hear about like a lot. It, it cheapens like these causes. And again, I'm not necessarily against like people's rights or like whatever, but they're already kind of being cheap by being positioned in these like, uh, comfy feely words and language and hr speak and like aligning it to like the democratic party and like raytheon and all these other kind of powerful institutions that kind of like that uh, kind of back all of these uh ideologies it's you're losing sight kind of already of the kind of uh organic nature of it and then you're going to tie it to a, a record rollout or like a you know some kind of campaign it really does it cheapens the entire thing all over again to another level uh so yeah it's actually a great call out um yeah when all of your friends believe the same thing when not every person in your in-group has the exact same belief system then you can ingratiate to them by just being like i'm one of you guys and then you know that's 50k retweets or whatever and you see it, it's like really dangerous. Uh, also in that way of like, and I'm sure you observe this, like this, the Steve Albini types, or I hate the word sex pest or the term sex pest, but these like creepy guys, right, that have learned to like launder their creepiness through like in woke language and being like super pro uh, LGBT or like I'm super, uh, you know, against Donald Trump. And it's all like the bullshit, first of all, they they used to be a lot of them like very like right wing guys. And then on top of that, they're usually just using to get pussy like i'm sorry to say i'm trying to get into like somebody's pants and it's really like transparent to me and it's so gross to see them like lauded for being these like whatever it's just it's so phony i, I hate it yeah it's, it's so horrible i hate that guy i hate steve albini i want to hit him with a wrench has he made everyone what is his great thing he ruined nirvana i hate in utero i, I shouldn't say that like i like a couple of songs, but whatever. It, there's nothing remarkable, but that big black. I think I know that uh, work he did. It, whatever. It's it's whatever. Uh, what does he have a credit that's like? Oh well, there's some credit for Steve Albini. He did that one thing. What is it? Is uh, well, I like Big Black. I like um, not songs about fucking the other one, Atomizer. I like that album, uh, and I like <laughs> A Thousand Hertz by Shellac is really good. That's like a that's a big one for me. But I would say that him being so annoying makes me not want to listen to it. So it's hard. <laughs> I can separate the art from the artist when it's like a Nazi black metal band or something, because that's cartoonish. But when a guy is just fucking annoying on Twitter every day, then I cannot stand to listen to, uh, you know, kerosene or whatever, because I'm just thinking about Steve Albini wagging his finger at me. Do you know every band ever? No, no. I, I feel is... like you do. I feel like you do. Wait, have you se- have you seen every movie ever? There I was like when I was a younger man. I would say I was much <laughs> more into that sort of thing, and now I uh, I'm less interested in that. I'm less interested in having like a mental rolodex of all the cool shit that I've ever seen or fair, listened that's to. Fair, that's fair. Um, but you still, you like to pursue it though, right? Like you're interested. Like, I didn't know when you and like, oh, so we're talking uh, a few times, you guys are just talking about music or films. And it's like, with music, I know quite a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a pretty knowledgeable person there, but there's still like entire, obviously you can't know everything. You guys do. So you guys do know everything. And then I was like, man, you've seen every fucking movie. It's really uh, impressive, but, and not necessarily in like, I, I know like the annoying, like hipster, like, oh, uh, we're keeping 
score way. But like you guys both genuinely, they're striking is genuinely passionate about this. Like you, you're esthetes, I guess. You could even say like, what, what draws you to the arts, I guess? So I think rather than an esthete, I'm more just an enthusiast. So I was just okay, talking about okay. this the other day. Anytime that I get into something, I get all the way into it. So that like, if that's a certain band or whatever, then I'll read everything about the albums that I like and I'll listen to other music like it. Same thing with movies or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I just, I, I think this has just kind of always been the thing that I've done. Like I did music when I was a kid, I was in a choir and something that was really cool about that is I got to learn about music from all over the world. So I like, I, um, sang in a bunch of different, I was like a eight year old singing in Latin or Hebrew or like Hungarian or whatever. Um, because my choir director was also an enthusiast and liked stuff. It also ended up that it was a bunch of like eight to 16 year old white children singing black spiritual hymns, which is really funny. And I wish I had more footage of, um, but yeah, I've just always been like that. And it's anytime that I found something that I liked, I've been hungry to find more stuff that's like it. That's interesting. I was a choir uh, boy as well, at least for a couple of years in, in middle school. Uh, we did do some really religious music. My Our choir director was like basically trying to like convert us all to like at public school to like being a uh, Christian. We did sing at his church more times than I can count. Actually, it was kind of interesting, but like he was mostly girls in our choir, right? It was very annoying. I, it was really unfortunate. We did this song like Stormy Weather. It's like, since my man and I ain't together. And it was like so humiliating to have to stand there like at like the recital and sing it. Uh, I'm really traumatized as I uh, even speak on it now. But mm -hmm. uh, it is interesting because you do get exposed because we did do something like that. Was this just like a like a community choir at school? Like what was what was the context? Yeah, I was a community choir. I was a I was a hyperactive child, and they were just looking for ways to to give me an outlet, I guess, because I was the kind of guy who like I was the kind of kid who was doing handstands in class and just running around. Um, so I think if I if I didn't have some kind of outlet, then I would still be doing that stuff. And thankfully, I'm just I'm just putting out three records a year instead. You're doing like kind of a discursive handstands sometimes or, or, or posters equivalent maybe of handstands from time to time but that's a that's a healthy use of energy i would uh, say and yes you are productive but i feel like we should talk about this show uh that you've got cooked up with monte carlo uh what's going on there you're you've got an adventure yeah me and monty started a show called nice which is just having our uh you know respectfully most psycho internet friends come on <laughs> in and uh talk to us for an hour about something that they really like um, Monty and I had started kind of talking after being on your show with Oso that I was there. Um, mm -hmm. and I think he, he had spoken briefly about how he had a podcast before we fell apart. And I told him that if he was looking for a co-host that, um, I would sub in and we could try and figure something out. And then we just decided to do something new. So yeah, it's called nice and it'll be out in the next little while. I don't know how far in advance yeah i think it's really cool i'm I, yeah you guys are great uh you are you're the boys right you're our boys and you're it's good to see you guys branching out in the pod sphere not not like you're uh you know starting your lives here we didn't raise you but like uh yeah, i don't know it's it's kind of cool it's special i'm excited for you guys i can't wait also just you are a jack of all trades i think i buy with that because i feel like a jack of all trades in some ways but I can't build anything per se, hopefully soon one day, but like you're also kind of truly uh, moving into the trades because you are a musician. You're you're first and foremost a poster, of course, but always most important. Uh, and also 
a writer on top of the podcast he's done, right? Which I I have to apologize. I always feel bad because this happens a lot, but like I don't I don't see people's substacks, and I think it's because of Twitter. I think Twitter is actually like honestly very difficult to promote anything via unless you uh, have their buy-in. Um, and I think it's just it's just difficult, right? And so like uh, it made me sad that I didn't know about your substack, or yeah, it made me sad. I apologize again, Mac. It just it wasn't it wasn't cool of me not to help promote it uh, at the time. Is mm-hmm. how I feel like looking back. But yeah, we're gonna go, like reconstruct the timeline anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but I am curious, like when did you start your Substack and like what is it called? Uh, I think it's just called Big Mac McCarthy Substack. I got a couple different series on there, but it was just I would tweet about weird dating experiences that I had, mm-hmm. um, some of which, uh, yeah, I I had I. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we've heard a few on our, our, our program, right? Like you shared a few on uh, Oh So Nice Radio Show. They've been fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I basically, the reason that I started it is because I I kept tweeting about weird experiences that I'd had and people wanted more of the story. Um, so that was the original, the original catalyst for kind of trying to write more long form because I re- had really only ever done songs before. Um, so this is my first attempt to write anything longer than like two verses in a chorus and then a repeated chorus. Um, and then I just had more stuff to write about. Like I did a short story that I put out with the Rare Candy guys. And then uh, I know we're going to talk about this later, but this summer I was unemployed and I ate mushrooms a lot. Um, and that was a very, you know, third eye opening experience for me. Um, yeah. It's an intense uh, story, I feel like. So your subject is there. I've read a few of the pieces. I have delved into your saga, which I don't know. I feel like I'm not sure if it's completed yet. Uh, your Do you have all, all the posts? Have you, have you documented the entire journey of your of your mushroom trip on the Substack already? Is it complete? No, just one, just one portion. The no. trouble is that it was about doing mushrooms with a girl I was dating, and then we broke up. And now I'm trying to figure out how to still tell the story of mm-hmm. us taking mushrooms together when uh when they're trying to find find an ethical way to do that because i don't necessarily want to blow up her spot and that's something that i was i've been very conscious of during like because i was writing about people that i went on dates with so you know making sure that i wasn't making anybody out to be the bad guy or like i didn't want it to be a like a tucker max like look at this stupid bitch i went to (laughs) i went on a date with but um when someone leaves you a treat bag on the first date that has a crystal and three Adderall in it, then that's something that you have to tell everyone because it was one of the oddest things that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. 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 I... Well, first of all, I, I I love Tucker Max. So like I know everyone kind of hated that guy. I thought his book was so funny, or like the, his first book. Uh I have no ill will towards him. I oh me either. That's just not what I but want for me. You know? Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Maybe not someone to emulate uh per se. But I also think I know we talked about like David Sedaris. So I feel like I don't know where I think I've talked about it with you. Maybe it was on the, the radio show, maybe uh in the in the studio. Uh there is this thing about people who like are memoirists or write about their lives or tell, tell or even songs like Taylor Swift is probably a good example. Do, have you ever a philosophy on that because it sounds like you're really being careful here like, i don't want to like kind of blow up this person's spot which i do get but then there's also like i mean i think it's fair that you write about your experiences you know like what's your philosophy on that um i think if something happens to you you even if it involves other people then i think that i think that you have the right to tell a story that happened to you mm-hmm. um i think that 
I think that there's a way to do it that's not particularly nice. I don't think that that means that you aren't able to. It's just if your priority is to be nice to the people in the story, then, you know, there's there are considerations to be made. And I have no, like, ill will towards any of the people that I have written about. Um, I Like, I'm not going to use their names or anything like that. But I think it's I think it's kind of silly to say that it's it's uh, unfair to write about like a relationship that you had as long as you're not doing so with the intention to like ruin somebody's life or whatever as long as it's not a call-out post that's just like vaguely disguised as uh fiction i feel like timing probably matters too right it's like when you do it how much time has passed maybe or i don't know or i don't know in the case of taylor swift how many times you need to write about this specific relationship to get attention i don't know like what is that like what is that relationship like to the like subject and the product the song like do you have to navigate that at all i don't know um that's something that for my album too i did because there's um there's a song uh, the last song in that album is called uh I think you met me at the worst possible time. And it was about somebody who I briefly dated, who I was then friends with. And I kind of gave her the heads up. I was just like, I wrote a song about this. Um, it's not like, I just wanted to give you the heads up. It's not like about you or anything, but like you probably recognize some themes. And so we talked about it. And because I showed her the song, because I didn't want her to be like upset or anything like that when it came out. And she said, I think that, you know, it just feels like you wrote this for you. And I was like, yes, that's what I told you before I showed it to you. Um, so I think I, I think that, you know, again, there are considerations to be made. But if I'm just talking about how I feel bad about, you know, not being in the right place to date or something, I'm, I think that that's well within my right. I think with Taylor Swift, maybe it's a little bit different. Um, because first of all, I think that all of that shit is fake. I don't even know if she's ever met Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> but, uh, there's also like, I don't necessarily think that that's her pouring her heart out onto a page. It's probably her team of writers and PR people being like, this was a big story last year. We could capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like some of Taylor Swift's music. Like I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a hater. Uh, there might be a little bit of Stockholm syndrome because I have, uh, spent my, fair share of time with Swifties in the past but um yeah the, I I I think that it's fine to do and I think if somebody is upset about a song that was written about them then that's completely within their right but I think for it to become some sort of like socio-political issue is very silly for sure no you're you're that's all valid it's all valid uh I feel like It'll be interesting when we get to like satanic Pfizer era, Taylor Swift's uh, breakup songs or whatever happens after this insufferable, insufferable era. But I think you're right. It's interesting too. There's no shame to me in like having 10 writers on a song, but like own it. You know what I mean? I think collaboration is great. I think it's really interesting the way music is made nowadays where it is at least pop music, you know, really assembly line almost. It's always been that way, but there's more, more people involved, right? Give people a credit and like just move on. But I do think she lies. I think a lot of her songs are not just singing her at the guitar, right? Like, we're supposed to believe that, this is me speculating, like it's very possible, but there is, I don't know, I don't know. I just think that it's probably not what it seems in the industry because that's just how it usually is. Uh, and you're right. We, I think there are pictures of her with Jake Gyllenhaal. But that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Pictures, you know. That's true. It was. could all be AI. This is like shadow AI from before it was leaked to the public. It was created specifically to make sure that Taylor Swift could be seen with men. There may be no Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> It's a crazy last name to have. 
there's no way that that wasn't concocted. What? Wait a minute. Okay, you're blowing my mind because like there's. <laughs> I always like Maggie Gyllenhaal better. And like now I'm just like, I have always felt like Jake Gyllenhaal is like an op connected to Donnie Darko is a very bad op. I think it did harm it when it came out. I can't quite prove this yet, but I feel like it put me onto a bad timeline from watching it. And I think, and when Oso was telling me, didn't Oso say he was watching while he was like recovering from like surgery or something? No, there was something else. It was a David Fincher movies, which is maybe even more dark sided. Now you've, you've triggered something here, Mac. Like, who the fuck is Jake Gyllenhaal? Who is he? Why? Why is he? Mm. He's just Maggie's shadow self. Just a reflection <laughs> of her darkest, her darkest inner person. Well, she clearly is just some orphan that they hired to be like, okay, you'll go along with this and you'll just pretend to be a Gyllenhaal. And you're, she's like, what is that? And don't worry about it. Like, let's move on. This is your brother. It's very weird. Wait, who's her husband? I feel like she's married. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll go <laughs> a dark tangent there. He came from Kentucky. These ways, that's what I've been told. Man faded left that state before his corpse got cold. He'd been killed for gold when California could be sold to any fool who had been told about the fucking center barn dance. Mama had the fever and my daddy sold his soul. Someone called the devil that he met along last road. Dad would stop the drink and toast and mom was looking like a ghost was gonna feed us to the coast. I need to center us a little bit here, Mac. We need to get, I need to get focused here because we, this is also a, your client now. We're going to switch gears a little bit because mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we, we were talking about your Substack. You're talking a little bit about your trip. You alluded to some maybe uh, psychedelic experiences. And um, I did read your piece or the beginning of the piece. And you've also shared some experiences with us on, uh, I was there on the, on the radio show. Mac, there's a lot that went on with your story. Um, we don't have to go into all the depth here. We're going to do some, we'll do some uh, some shadow work, I guess, ourselves here. But like, what was what was going on this summer? What led to you making the decision to A, take mushrooms, and then as many times as you took mushrooms, how did this all transpire? Um, well, I got, like I said, I got laid off in March. So I was the unemployed friend all summer. And I would say, I mean, as someone in my position is want to do, I feel like I was probably drinking too much and, um, you know, not, not making the best decisions all summer. Um, so a friend of mine, uh, from online and also from Australia came to visit. And so we got to meet for the first time and he stayed at my house for like two or three weeks. Um, and he likes drugs and I'm not particularly a drugs guy except for alcohol, which, is maybe a little too awesome from time to time. Um, so he just, I I told him that you could easily order drugs from the internet uh, in Canada, and this was very novel to him. So I pretty much just showed off that we could buy mushrooms and they would be here within two hours. And that was kind of the catalyst was just, look at how cool Canada is. 
let's unpack this because I didn't know you you could buy mushrooms or any drugs online. Like, what is this a website? Does it end with CA? Like, dot CA is an official government website with Justin Trudeau's picture. Like, how does this exactly work? So it's I think it's some kind of gray area where, or at least it's a uh, an illegal area that hasn't been busted by the cops but it's just like weed is legal here and i think um certain equipment to grow mushrooms is legal i don't think that selling them for psychogenic purposes is expressly legal um but it's there's a company in my city that will run them around and they still ask for id so that'll be fun once i get caught up in a sting operation but my friend is from australia so i mean what's gonna happen what could happen? And it was maybe it was maybe at the time medicinal, perhaps. I don't know. There are I see a lot of this. I don't know if it's legal in Canada, but like psilocybin, like uh, psychedelic treatment for I guess depression, similar to the ketamine stuff. I, it feels like an op to me, to be honest. I don't understand how we got to that solution, but um, is that a thing there too? Uh, I think it's it's not widespread. I think you would probably be looking at like some kind of university treatment in Toronto or Montreal. Montreal, where they did the MK Ultra stuff in Canada, by the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was. I would say I was in need of some perspective, where I was at that point in my life. And I had read um, I had read Michael Pollan's book um, in the spring before I got laid off, the How to Change Your Mind, which is all about kind of the the friendly origin of um, LSD and psilocybin and um, some other psychogenic drugs but also got made into a netflix documentary so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily put all my faith in it but it was something that i was thinking about at least a lot up until that point so i thought it was a good idea and um was wrong wait i'm not familiar with this uh text though what is um what's the author's name again what was the takeaway that you had going i guess going into this from that book maybe um i think it was just kind of an overview of like culture and the 1960s surrounding it and like kind of the the um like how it was first made and you know some some uh, names in in that field uh like paul stamets and stuff like that um but also it was like it was very much like the the official history of that genre of thing so i as a psycho uh, i was definitely reading it like with my own preconceived notions of kind of like the history of um psychedelic drugs but yeah. uh, I, I thought you know let's give it a try anyway uh, i would never touch like acid or something like that because that's too sciencey and i hate science um <laughs> but the mushrooms i thought seemed um seemed like an option and I'm, i've ne- i had never been like a particularly religious or spiritual guy so that was something that i was kind of open to experiencing for kind of one of the first times mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah basically i was just i was trying to gain some perspective i had read in that book that uh it makes people want to drink less so mm-hmm. that was kind of in the back of my mind also um but yeah mostly it was because my friend was in town and we wanted to do something wacky Totally, totally valid. I feel like um, I also am like kind of afraid of like LSD. I've never actually done acid. Uh, 
trying to think if I've really done any of their psychedelics, mostly just mushrooms, not even really that many times, but like in the seventies in California, anyway, like they had like strychnine in the acid. Like there was actually times people got like poisoned basically from doing LSD and basically like fry their brains, you know? And so like, I'd heard like a story of my dad's friend or whatever, that was like mentally retarded. And they said, that's like why it happened. And he was a scary man. And when you're a child, like, somebody in a helmet it's just it's a lot it's gonna be scary so there's like a kind of like a salient memory there you know uh so i was a little bit afraid my dad was a cop too so i was like always like iffy on drugs to a, a degree but i also went to like this hippie school right so i did eventually take mushrooms uh, a few times there but i think uh okay so one time i took mushrooms uh over spring break uh twice i don't know two sundays i think it was like bookending this thing it was really weird symmetrical trips there was a lot weirdness to it uh, and I'm, I'm hoping actually maybe we'll be able to take some of the strange cosmic journey i took there and like infuse it into yours because i feel like maybe some of that was hoped for but is possibly missing maybe not maybe you got some of it but there was definitely some <laughs> dark side elements it sounds like a little bit of a freak out um wait first of all though like so i took it twice right i took mushrooms twice and i was like that was a lot to do in one week i don't think i should do that ever again because it i felt it and i was a young man then and it was a week apart how many times did you do mushrooms on this uh, excursion with your Australian friend? Uh, well, I did it three times that week. So I did it with my Australian friend. And then uh, two days later, I was like, you have to stay in a hotel or something tonight because I have not seen my girlfriend since you got here. <laughs> so uh, he went and stayed at like a hostel or a backpackers or something. And then me and the girl that I was dating at the time took them together, which I would say was a more enlightening experience. Okay. Uh, and then the third time I took them with my Australian again and I had, I had a less bad, but still bad time. Apologies to Biz, uh, a friend of the show, former guest, but like, don't do the psychedelics with an Australian, especially not on your first time. I think that was maybe a, a mistake, uh, possibly. Oh, wait, was this the girlfriend that was like Crystal's and Adderall girlfriend? No, no, no. This is somebody that I met. That was, that was like a six week um dalliance but this this person i had been dating for a while got you got you so you had it sounds like a little a little bit uh different there but like this first one i think is where uh, i'm familiar with from your your piece i think readers should, or listeners should definitely check out max uh, substack obviously but read this piece it's, it's it was funny i liked it a lot uh and there was some <laughs> It sounds like things were going okay maybe for a bit right like i don't know and i'll say this i think mushrooms basically created consciousness in people whether it was like you want to say it was in the garden of eden like that was what was in the, that tree or maybe you're an evolution person and like at, at some point uh, i think what separated people from animals could have been partially produced by some kind of like psychedelic break i guess i don't know in some ways maybe we're still in this like collective psychedelic trip as a species that's never ended um so it's like a potent thing right like it is spiritual but it's also like it can be a lot i guess and I don't know. I guess mushrooms have an, yeah, kind of a reputation of not being as serious as acid or like DMT, but I think that could be wrong. I think they might actually be, you know, as a psychedelic, if not more so, because they are organic, right? They're not a chemical. And so they're this expression of creation. They're coming from the earth, you know, so there is this connection to nature and nature's mysteries. Uh, and it's easy to forget that, right? It's like, oh, we're just, we're going to take some mushrooms. It's like, it's fine. Like, I'm off the internet. Justin Trudeau says, it's okay, let's, let's do it. You know, like, uh, when did you, and I'm not giving too much away from the piece. We, and we all go through the entire journey. We're going to get to a specific part that we'll, we'll focus on, I think. Uh, when did you realize things were going to awry? <laughs> um, pretty early on. So we had kind of like 
I tidied up. I like, I didn't hang out anything over the mirror or anything because I think that that's a little silly. Um, and it's never mm-hmm. bothered me before. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I uh, didn't do a whole lot of preparation. I bought beer as like a backdoor exit in case, in, in case I started to do ascend, I could bring myself back down and just kill the parts of my brain that, uh, that wanted to enlighten me to anything. So uh, we went and got, we like ate, ate lunch, went and got beer and then ate the mushrooms and sat down and we were just kind of listening to music on youtube and um and waiting for it to kick in and i was putting on i don't know regular music but my friend (laughs) my friend was like a recovering goth and so and not not even a got like a panic at the disco like scene stir sort of person and so they put on um first it was Sam Sparrow, uh, who I was not familiar with, but he had a very sharp jawline and very pale skin. And he was kind of like crawling out of a, the trunk of a car. And I went, we got to put some, put it, put another guy on the screen. I don't want to look at this guy anymore. And that was when, um, like I felt, I felt something start to be like, I got like a little bit of anxiety in the pit of my stomach, just mm-hmm. like looking at, mm-hmm. looking at like, what seemed at the time to be dark imagery. It's actually pretty harmless when you're not on mushrooms. Um, but then the next thing that they decided to put on was uh, Tainted Love by Soft Cell. And that was that was the beginning of the end, I think. I believe so too, uh, Mac. I can feel it intuitively. Uh, but you're talking about music videos. It's funny because you, you said like that one wasn't like super, uh, you know, it's not like super trippy or maybe dark sided if you're not on mushrooms. But like, yeah, with mushrooms, right? Like there's this weird uh, effect with perception. So it's interrupting the way your brain's like normally organizes like visual information. So you do see things in this other way, or they almost even say it's kind of slowing down that process or you're kind of becoming aware of that process. And it, one thing it always has made me aware of is like oh there it is easy to like receive uh like quote unquote subliminal messages or there there are things that we can perceive through like uh analyzing a symbol when we just see a picture on the screen when we see a logo there's a lot of things that we uh we take for granted it happens really fast but our brain is kind of going through this process of indexing and organizing this visual data uh so i do believe that things can kind of get slipped into your brain that way just in everyday life intentionally or unintentionally um and you kind of become aware of that right like in this like psychedelic state and and then music videos are just such an interesting art form right i think they're kind of like the zenith of like really the zenith of like 20th century art they're like music they are a film and they are like like a star vehicle. They're like, there's aesthetic like thing. They're, they're, there's something that kind of transcendent almost about a music video. So they're kind of heavenly. They're like cosmic in their own way, I guess. Cause you're kind of entering this, like they're not straight up narratives usually. Right. So they're kind of like this dream state. You're kind of in this, like in between like, like liminal space almost between like reality and like whatever fiction or, or dreaming. So good choice for a psychedelic journey generally, but also possibly fraught with uh, pitfalls. And so you saw Okay, tainted love. What happened? What do you remember? Like the feeling that you had. Describe it in words. When this song, tainted love, everyone knows this up. You know, stupid eighty song. It's, it's it's a classic. It's actually a cover. I, you're probably familiar, right? It's a cover of a a '60s rock song, I believe. By I forget who sings it, but it is. Uh, you know, it's it's a hollowed classic. People like soft sell, I guess. Like what? What did you feel? What did you feel inside when this started to come on? So first, I do like that song. It's something that my mom would play in the kitchen <laughs> when she was cleaning. So it's uh, yeah. it 
you know, I, that my first association with it was like, ah, mama, you know, okay. it's just mm-hmm. like this. It's like being home, being a kid. And that was all very much like at the forefront of my brain because I was on mushrooms. And then I remembered what the music video looks like, which is it's like a it's like a poltergeist, I think, scaring children or something. It's like someone (laughs) covered with lights doing like a a sort of suggestive dance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when when the singer's face appeared on the screen, that was I said, we have to do something else. I I closed YouTube and I said we need to listen to country music or something like that. Uh yeah, no, it's Mark Almond's the singer for uh, Soft Cell. Like he's a, I want to say demi- and he's kind of like a sprite, right? He's almost like this elf-like figure or uh something like the elemental. The video is the video has almost like a Roman-esque quality or like a satyr. I feel like it's kind of like a satyr or something like that. And so there's this kind of weird vibe to it, uh, like. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I believe you called him a cosmic twink. Uh, in your, in your I did. Piece. It was a great. It was a great remark. Um, what unfolded? Did you, were you able to change the video? First of all, did you? You got away, right? But but the lingering gaze had already been literally the lingering gaze of Mark Almond had been imprinted on your soul. It sounds like is is this true? Yeah, I felt the mark for sure. Um, yeah, so I I said we got to get something else on. I just want to listen to country music or whatever. Like and at this point, I couldn't look at the screen because there are too many colors going on, and so I was just like, you know, squinting like a pirate at my television hooked up to um, my laptop. And so I just went to Spotify and I I tried to put on my classic country playlist, which is called truck music. Oh. Uh, and then there's a screenshot in the Substack, but the the album art for my country music playlist is a cow skull nailed to the barn with like just a nuclear level flash against a dark sky um, with trees in the foreground. So I didn't like that. Uh, that felt very bad to me in, in succession with Sam Sparrow, the weird vampire goth, and then the cosmic twink. And then now uh cow skull nailed to a barn. But that was Mark Altman. Okay, that was him. He was still there. I'm telling you. I'll just say this. Mark Almond is uh, the singer, right? I think a lot of these, uh, especially the British ones from the 80s, they're all magicians, right? I guess they're kind of like warlocks. And he's, I think he's definitely, I know he's dark side because I've been at war with him. I, I won't go into my whole background, but, you know, obviously I've got a sordid past. I was enslaved by the New York Order multiple times as a sex slave he's a part of the recruitment that's how they get to people through you know me- mass media uh, film songs and that song got really big again in like the 90s like the 80s came back kind of in the 90s and i was like listening to uh just can't get enough of those new wave hits volume five from Rano records it had tainted love on it it was the like where did our love go section there's like this uh cover they do of that song too and i had a very unsettling feeling during it and i feel like definitely uh it was my pull i feel like he was able to get his hooks on me there so i know how this operative works is i guess what i'm trying to say later on of course i would find out it really was mark allman he's we've been doing battle ever since he is he is a villain as far as i'm concerned i do like several soft sell songs i'm, I'm not gonna lie he's an evil faggot i guess is what i'm trying to say mac and i'm sorry that you opened up your soul first of all to this cosmic warlock um what is your impression of mark almond i guess like has what 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 have you learned since your uh, encounter 
Well, I, I'll tell you, I definitely didn't like the the cut of his jib when I was on mm. mushrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, but he just he seemed, you know, like you said, a warlock, fairly ghoulish. Um, and I mean, the the lyrics to that song aren't particularly friendly. Like I think that there may be a stanza about you here, but it says, uh, "Yeah, this tainted love you've given, I give you all a boy could give you." And I think that that might be about your time. That oh my gosh, oh my god! I mean, technically the song was written. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It is for me. And I will say, I'll say this. I think, okay, we're going to get your soul back. I think right now I know exactly what we're going to do. I have a few chants that we can probably do just to reverse this curse. But I believe he is like, it's official that he's a like Satanist, right? And I think all of them, okay, I think Robert Smith, I think Morrissey, I think all of those, like, uh, especially that era of like, uh, what's the one from Bauhaus? Like, um, I don't know. I think all those people are are warlocks essentially working they're from england first of all it's a little sus over there when it comes to the magic i think they're kind of lying about magic i think they all have like elves and like secret little like worlds inside their cupboards it's just like in those harry potter movies those are not fiction as far as i'm concerned i think they're just kind of keeping that world secret from us over here that's just my impression and i think that these like 80s singers always coming over here british invasion tainted love it, to me it's reeking of an operation and i think it's time that we say what it is and do something about it mac i'm sorry yeah i think you're right and that was an alarming google search for sure when i realized he was a levain satanist um but yeah the like tradition of witchcraft in uh in england is you know long-standing and that mm -hmm. was something that i got really locked in on on <laughs> the third of that week's uh, mushroom trips Oof, maybe we should do this a little bit because I think, okay, like Led Zeppelin, right? Rock and roll in particular from England, David Bowie, they're all very like Black openly, Sabbath. Openly, exactly. Openly ritualistic. Uh, first of all, they're not just pretending because they've been open about the fact that they're not just pretending that they are like very much into the occult. But even if they were just like uh, not really doing it or if it was just for show, like you could still get yourself in a lot of trouble by just pretending. It's kind of my impression, right? It, it's not something you should really probably... Uh, mess around with if you well you shouldn't mess around with it can you talk a little bit about your third trip did it connect to this kind of theme a little bit well uh a little bit i would say that it was much i i had much less uh because i knew what i was getting myself into i got like initially we had planned to get a certain kind of mushrooms and they were out of stock so they were just went with the friendliest sounding one and you know that was that was the chamber of the gun that had the bullet in it for sure um so it was it was a much more mild, but I think I something that's happened a couple because I had taken mushrooms a couple times like that like just tiny amounts like a friend gave me a heart shaped chocolate that had a little bit of mushrooms in it and something that I find myself susceptible to is seeing the shape of a face in something and so I have a big red or I don't anymore I had a big red curtain in my um in my bedroom which is visible from my living room and i kept seeing a witch's face uh in in the the bedroom curtain um and so much like the you know downing 30 miller lights the way that i did with that first trip i just stayed glued to my phone and was just like watching twitter um because i i became acutely aware of some not great energy i think in the zone and so i just kept scrolling and that uh, that held me for a little while. As you're talking about the face, like, wait, did you get rid of the curtains because of the witch? It, I mean, I got rid of the curtains because I, uh, <laughs> I had just a red sheer piece of fabric that was up over the window, and I'm 31 years old, so I needed real curtains. Um, 
fair, fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> so a, that was a contributing phase. factor. There is a face over your shoulder. And so as you were talking, I guess it's been there. I know Mac has a, a terrifying face. Was that on the wall while you were tripping with that terrifying face? <laughs> There's like no. a mask on your wall. I don't know if it's actually terrifying. It might be quite uh, sweet and, and lovely, but um, this you one? know, faces on the wall. Yeah, that one. Uh, no, I had the good sense to put that. Uh, it's basically like a golden sort of scream mask that I have on my wall. Uh, I can tell you the story about that another okay. time. But I'm sorry, when you said this one, are there other are there other faces on the walls? Well, around? <laughs> this is. Not- this is a poster for the movie Midnight Cowboy. Um, and it's just kind of like a silhouette with a big juicy pair of lips on it. Oh my gosh, I see them now. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Also, was that on the wall? That was, but I put the I put the golden mask in my desk because I've uh, I've been scared that before. Okay, that was a smart that was a smart call. But the the terrifying witches, the terrifying witch curtain was still up. I, I know the first trip, and I think this one you got smarter. Like, well, a you said the course light, right? You had your beer. You're gonna try to drink it off, which. It's a, I, I get the instinct. I don't think it's, I don't think you could have drank in enough beer for it to work, to be honest. And I think it could have made it worse while you're peeing, to be perfectly honest, because then you're already kind of like scrambled and now you're kind of sorting out any last ability to uh, reason that you might have had. But um, the worst thing I think anybody can do in a trip is try to just like sleep it off <laughs> because it's, or, or not sleep it off. Well, okay, this is the thing. I think you can do it. But, but it's not really for everyone because like if you try just to go in a dark room and be like or whatever i'm just gonna like let this pass it doubles down it triples down and you become enveloped inside of your mind prison <laughs> that is what happened um so this was i mean after mark almond and after my country music playlist to take it back to taylor swift that was my next that was my next thing because this was right after the taylor swift and ice spice song came out oh that's I, right yes 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 i <laughs> found such joy in the ice spice taylor swift remix when ice spice just says facts at some point during the remix <laughs> i cackled when it, when i heard it on the radio for the first time and i just wanted that little that little moment of something just like ridiculous and funny i thought that that would ground me um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and right. so i i put on the taylor swift ice spice uh karma music video and i think 20 seconds in then the camera flips uh and like the camera does a barrel roll and then taylor swift and all of her friends are raving with devil masks on in the underground and i had to shut off the tv and go outside and pray (laughs) first of all actually since you've told this story about the ice spice thing when she says facts that is funny i knew this song but i I hadn't really uh, engaged i didn't really fuck with karma featuring ice spice but i'd have now because of that anecdote i think um I don't know though. Like Taylor Swift though is yeah already a bad flag because I think or a bad flag a red flag. She's kind of I think definitely a, a bad witch for sure. I don't know. Like I don't know. You know even Jim the Ninja today was like Taylor Swift is a witch and I was like of course she's a witch. Like you, you think everyone's a witch and he was like I hadn't thought about her being a witch until today. But you're totally right. So it was like okay yeah. So it, I, I it's time to start speaking out on you know Taylor Swift's. Uh, total warlockery and, and domination of the planet have you have you seen that she looks a lot like xena levet yeah yes that was the first thing i responded with she, they look identical what is the biological program that's what i want to know how does this work uh because she looks like anton levet's baby daughter yeah or well like xena's his uh, xena levet is anton levet's uh daughter right is that the their relationship so, yeah. right and then she looks and she appeared on like a talk show in the uh, 80s talking about satanism or whatever there's really like uh some really great stills of this and she looks 
a lot like Taylor Swift to me. Maybe it's a coincidence, I guess. But even if it's a coincidence, what does it mean? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and then this video. So you turn on this video, it's dark side because like, why is everything? Everything is so satanic and dark sided. Like, why do they have to have an Illuminati party in the video? You know, why? I'm not sure because I also don't think that it's shocking in the same way that it was when like the satanic panic metal bands, blah, 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 blah. Like, like Judas yeah. Priest or Black Sabbath in, you know, the 70s and 80s. Somebody covered in blood throwing up devil horns might be scary to someone. But now it's on TV all the time. So I'm not really, I don't understand from like a non-psycho perspective why it would be so prevalent. Because it's, you know, Taylor, Doja Cat, uh, Lil Nas X did it too. Uh, and then Lil Nas X, Sam Smith, I think, just did the thing with the Kim Petras. They had a whole, uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of it. I know a paranoid person could think that it wasn't about trying to shock anyone it was just paying homage to their uh religion or their industry's religion i'm, I'm pretty convinced <laughs> that could be at least uh a partial truth that's probably a little bit confusing but i think that there's definitely a dark-sided element to a lot of the stuff that's like on tv um and actually as i'm thinking about it, the video for that you're describing this like debauched you know, party and that's like what tainted loves video they're all like these like kind of ritual uh gatherings these like kind of mystery religion parties sort of you know i don't know um this is what we're gonna do i feel like we're gonna purge mark almond's dirty seed that has left inside of your soul i don't like that he left his cosmic load inside of you it's not cool and i think what we need to do i'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna do some chants really quick i i can do this uh i'm gonna shut my eyes you don't have to shut your eyes i guess because i won't be able to tell my eyes will be shut but let me just like okay okay be gone mac 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 then be gone may be gone gone may be gone be gone i cast thee out demon of mark almond be gone back to turf island with you in the lord's holy name amen i think it worked i think it worked i can feel it how do you feel how do you feel I felt sort of a cool sensation on my skin, but I, I had also become sweaty just while you were doing that. So that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I understand, but at the same time, that's how we get that's how we get results. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a I see an aura. I see a glow that wasn't there already. The face behind you is now smiling. It was grimacing before. I think we have a success, but we'll you know you're patient we're not going to just like let you go we'll keep touch uh, we'll keep tabs i'll check in on with you uh on saturday and whatnot too you know like i think you're gonna be on the road to recover nissan dream i pull ahead as the light turns green i feel you pulling away I've got nothing to say Bedroom scene Not in love as I'd like you to be Not it up as you talk in your sleep Still, I've got nothing to say I think, okay, I think, I want to tell you a little bit about my double trip, I guess, because I feel Please. like we need to pour a little bit of this into your journey. Because I think 
I wasn't looking for a spiritual quest, I guess. I was just looking to do mushrooms when I did it the first time. First of all, let me tell you this. Uh, where I learned not to do the whole sleep off thing was from um, my former guest, Lady K, uh, from our Backlash guest. We were, we lived together, we were in the house. We're all gonna do mushrooms, right? I'm like, I need to eat something. So I go to get McDonald's and I come back and we were waiting for our other friend, you know, and her and uh, the, these two girls with like, the K names, they're sitting there in the living room looking at me like really funny. And I'm like, what are you guys laughing at? And they're like, we did the mushrooms already. And I was like, what? Like we were all supposed to do them together. Cause there's a very ritualistic element, right? To like the mushrooms, you're, you're not really supposed to like, you're supposed to do them together. It's a trip, you know, you're supposed to kind of consume them. And so that was a red flag. What was really interesting about that was those two girls both had a complete freak out at the same time, separate. They were apart from each other in two separate rooms, had a complete meltdowns. And I remember I was talking to Lady K and she tried to like basically uh, sleep off her um, psychosis. I know they were really freaking out. They were seeing dark side people inside of trees. The, the walls were melting. It was not good. I don't think she's honestly been the same since. It was a really scary moment for her. The same thing happened to this, this other girl. Um, however, I will say like, I once did try to like do the same thing. I got locked out of my house <laughs> on a mushroom trip and I did actually have to go into my car because it was unlocked and I just sat there and I heard the most beautiful music and saw all kinds of like space colors and such. So like, you know, my point I'm telling you this part of the story is that it's like, you can trust me to uh, do this, do this shamanic work because like I have been able to just sit there in the dark car and just write it out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it was pretty cool. So first of all, we're going to send that to you. We're sending the I'm Alone Inside of Myself vibes. Because uh, you already have the gift of song. You have the gift of music. And so it's going to uh, it's going to percolate and and uh, bubble, within, <laughs> bubble with inside of you. Um, I don't know. My story's not even that good, I guess. But I did do Mushrooms twice. And it took me on basically the journey of all cosmic evolution of humanity from ancient times to the future. Um, it, it's probably a lot, but what was really cool, the best part of it was at this cove called Natural Bridges in Santa Cruz. It's just like a little famous serving spot and there's like rocks off the shore and we were all sitting there and like just tripping on the beach at night and this light like radiates suddenly behind this rock and it's like... It, the, it was the birth of man. It was the birth of it was the birth of the heavens. Like I saw it. I saw the waters and I saw the light and the rock. It was so crazy. And then it was like, what? At a certain point, I was like, what are we seeing? Because I like always, one thing I will say when I trip, I've always been able to have like a little bit of a hook still into the reality, I guess. So we're gonna transfer that hook as well to you for you know for next time. But um anyway, my, my point is I see this like crazy light. What is it? It was actually like a Coast Guard boat. It was like a boat was like on the off the shore and it had just sailed behind this rock and we hadn't seen it because it had come from some other angle and it had its lights on. We we did have to leave the we did have to leave the scene at that point because of the Coast Guard and we fled up to this this bluff and I just looked out over the cove and I just saw like this glowing light underneath the ocean. And I don't know. It's like there's a I don't know, it was it was like a lost form of life was down there and I could sense it. There's a famous abyss or canyon in Monterey uh, Bay where I was looking and I could just sense it and I was very much connected to all of it. And at that moment, I now realize I was also connected to you on your trip journey, your triple trip journey. And I feel like we will, uh, we are going to meet or have met on the kind of other side at some point in that psychedelic journey. And I think that's where we will probably take care of the rest of the shamanic healing is on that kind of like astral plane level. But now that we've kind of been through that, we've made that connection. We've found each other there. 
you're on the road to recovery, Mag. Not, not that there was anything wrong with you before, but I feel like there was a little damage from Mark Almond's Mark uh, curse, and I think that's definitely gone. And I think where that charred, burnt hole where he just dumped that evil cosmic sizzling seed of his, it kind of charred your soul a little bit, but now a green patch is going to grow and beautiful, beautiful trees are going to emerge from its wake. That's my thought. Perfect. I, I can't wait. <laughs> Okay, it's $99, just that was uh, was just about an hour, so we'll do about $99, I'll invoice you for that. I'm kidding, Mac, I'm kidding. You said you played normal music, right, uh, on your trip. Um, what is your definition of normal music? I'm just curious. Like, uh, I, I kind of know, but like, what's your definition? I would have put on like, like Van Morrison or Simon and Garfunkel, like some kind of '60s folk music. Um, we ended up doing—I can never remember the guy's name—but um, my Australian friend put on some very nice Australian music. Um, see if I can remember the guy's name, Bernard Fanning. Who was just kind of a singer-songwriter uh, who was in the band? He was in the band Powderfinger, um, but they they put on some of his solo music and it was really nice. I remember this was when I was already laying in my bed because I wasn't so much trying to be alone, but the the pressure of hosting someone else in my apartment was really freaking me out. That I had some kind of obligation to someone else while I was fucked up. Um, that really freaked me out. So that's why I was sitting in my room. Um, just kind of like letting my Australian control the music. Um, but I was thinking while I was, I was thinking while I was in bed, just kind of listening to this acoustic guitar music, it sounded so like drawn out and reverbed. And I remember thinking in my head, wow, this is like, my friend is doing such a good job soundtracking my trip. I'm so impressed by the soundtrack selection. And then I came out of it a little bit and I realized that it was just normal music and I was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's just it was normal music okay you had guests who was an australian um who was picking the music no 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 don't do that ever ever again on any kind of trip i think those were mistakes do you think you'll do another psychedelic trip i'm not sure because i i go back and forth between whether or not it is just kind of like an experience that can go either way and it just kind of like thins the veil and it can give you some more perspective, but also makes you a little bit more vulnerable to some scary stuff. But my friend Diana is Mexican and Catholic and she keeps telling me that if I do mushrooms again, then I'll be possessed by a demon. Um, so I'm trying to figure out which of those is true. I don't especially want to chance it uh, if I'm you know, going to be 
taken over by Mark Almond again. That's not really something I want to, I want to risk. You don't. It's really expensive to get rid of demons too. Like, I don't know that you'd become possessed, you know, like I think you, you probably got a good heart. It seems to me, I think that will give you, you do have a good heart. I should say, I think that would probably give you some protection, uh, perhaps, but you know, I'm not a licensed uh, demonologist, I guess. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, I think it's probably good to give it some, <laughs> some time. Um, and you've got so much, you've got plenty of drinking to do, you know, like there's like, there's, you're still in your thirties, my friend, you have a lot to do. Uh, in fact, I have a question. Okay. I feel like you're a beer guy. So I feel like that's kind of maybe self-evident when it comes to liquor though, are you a clear or dark liquor? Prefer? Um, it depends on, it depends on the circumstance, I guess. If I'm going to have a nice drink, then I will normally do a whiskey drink. If I have $15 and I want to obliterate myself, then I'll buy a thing of vodka. Um, so it really depends. It's a, it depends on, you know, the, the weapon depends on its purpose, I think. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I have a question about the musical world. Would you prefer Joan Baez or Joni Mitchell? Hmm. Joni Mitchell, I think. I don't care much for Joan Baez's voice. And Joni Mitchell, I think, is a dork. But uh, I do really like Carrie. That's a great song. Case of You, also a great song. Um, so, yeah, I think that I would probably go. I'd probably go Joni over Joan. That's, that's fair. Um, Rusted Root or Fish? Um, I have never heard Fish. Rusted Root was actually the first thing that we listened to on the on the mushroom trip um because <laughs> i was i was on the way for sure <laughs> after that that i don't know if i can name a rest of root song that all that i don't dislike uh that style of music but it doesn't occur to me i guess if that makes sense like it's kind of sometimes just uh in the background i definitely wouldn't probably seek it out but it doesn't it strikes me as ideal it seems like for you it's, it's something you like first of all so that's good but it doesn't seem like even if you're like not into it it's not something that's threatening you know what i mean whereas mm -hmm. soft sell yes could definitely send somebody off I would not say that it was something, I, I wouldn't say it's something that I'm particularly into, but I was unemployed and it was 1 p.m. and I was eating mushrooms with an Australian. So it seemed totally appropriate. Perfect answer. Um, do you feel like a blues traveler or Dave Matthews band type of vibe? Dave Matthews band, little baby, you know? <laughs> okay. I don't like Dave Matthews. I've never been able to get into it for some reason. Like, going back to when it was he was like most popular whereas for some reason i love blues traveler i don't know what give me the run around i will take the run around it's such a good song i love harmonica mm -hmm. um, that's another mom kitchen in the mom cleaning in the kitchen song for me <laughs> is the run around but for yeah i mean i have uh i have dave matthews band i have crash in my car right now to see uh, because i found it for two dollars at goodwill and yes. it's crazy that they let him sing like that <laughs> It's insane. Those Wait, songs you, are so like silly. Like, oh, just like the lyrics? Yeah. Now, tomorrow, tomorrow. I, I couldn't be me. I don't get it. I just, I Cut never. That. <laughs> 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 We're going to make that a drop using it for, for days. Wait, um, Paul and Oates or Simon and Garfunkel? Simon and Garfunkel, easy. That's a, Simon and Garfunkel is a top 10 band all time for me. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite song, I guess? A uh, song for the asking, I think it's only about a, a minute long, which is um, which I like. A lot of my songs are very short, and I like when a song just kind of gets in and says what it needs to do and gets out. Um, there is a video somewhere on Twitter of me playing it, um, but also my favorite Simon and Garfunkel album 
is the Simon and Garfunkel Greatest Hits album, which I think is one of the best albums of all time. Nice. What does Garfunkel do? Is that kind of like a rude question? Is he famously not uh, useful? He's he's definitely like the Ben Affleck of the two of them, you know. He's tall and he's got um, big hair. Um, but I think and there are some songs that he sings. I think that he's got a nice voice. But I've heard his solo album. I would say that it is not something that I uh, am likely to revisit. That's fair. Um, my last, I guess, question back is like, what is the best truck? <laughs> hmm. The best truck. I'd say I would have to look into it because I know I know that it would not be like a pickup truck. It would be heavier duty. So all of the men in my family up until me when I worked in an office, all of them are truck drivers or construction workers. And I know that my uncle drives a huge Peterbilt rig, but I don't know exactly what the model name is. But I would say that whatever he's got. It's blue and it's humongous and it goes really fast, which I think are some of the most important things about a vehicle. Um, I was I was expecting much less specificity than that. So that was actually great. I was thinking big or red were going to be the, the options. So that was actually pretty specific, pretty specific and good. Wait, what's the best, uh, since you have the truck in your mind, bonus question, what's the best CD that's playing in that truck? Um, David Allen Coe, God, what's the the one the one that has uh, if if that ain't country, but he says the N word in it and it's not censored. Whatever CD that's on, I love country N word crossovers. It's like it is the that's so America to me. That's like the epitome of America. It is synthesis. It is patriotism. Maybe I shouldn't be championing that, but it is. There's something just special because you know there is because the reason it works, Mac, is because we have Lil Nas X doing you know country which you actually informed me uh, with your kind of rule of thumb is not actually a country song but you know what i'm saying like it's uh it's a crossover it's a, we, we can do all things here in this uh, great north american continent of ours i don't know <laughs> david allen co rides again that's the cd that would do be i make it. you uncomfortable when i say the n-word <laughs> no i just assumed that you're a black man Perfect, perfect. Mac, this has been so much fun. Uh, I'm going to let you go, I suppose, but I feel like uh, if I could, I would trap you like Mark Allman and put you on my <laughs> shelf and just uh, just have you actually probably sing soft cell covers all day just to torment you. It'd be very mean, uh, but this has been really fun. Where uh, where can people find you? What's what's the at? What's the substack? Give me all of it. Um, I am Big Mac underscore McCarthy on Twitter. Um, I think the substack is bigbackmccarthy.substack.com. It's in my bio on the Twitter, uh, and then Heavy Body on Spotify. And then eventually, Nice with Mac and Money on, I'd assume, Spotify as well. It will be everywhere. We'll see to it, uh, all the finest purveyors of podcasts. Uh, Mac, thanks again. I really did have a lot of fun. 